Hello and welcome to Astronomica, Steven Seagal fan cast. <laughs> no, 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 no. We decided not. <laughs> Sorry. Remember last time when we talked about Steven Seagal for like 10 minutes and then totally he just dropped off the face of the earth and we never mentioned him again <laughs> yes sorry call back yeah that's yeah. why i'm a fan now i'm sorry Star i would have thought he you learned your lesson after he snapped your neck <laughs> it's chiropractic <laughs> <sighs> i'm star daddy this is astronomica stars that number and tim allen podcast <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't scripted exactly. (laughs) No, it was a joke that was made off mic. Two hearts that beat as one. (laughs) I still say it sounds like Scooby. Scoobesque. It wasn't me. Oh wait, that was Shaggy. (laughs) Uh, Colin, who the hell are you? I'm this fucking asshole you guys can't get rid of, no matter how hard you try. Yeah, but who do you play on the (laughs) show? I play Mackie. I play Mackie, the ship engineer. Uh, We made passing reference last week to we are now in an RV that is parked in my backyard. That is our new recording studio. And I think we need a snappy name for it. Probably the joke will involve meth somewhere along the way, but I'm not particular. And uh, I would like to open this up to our fans. Mm-hmm. What should what should the silly name of our recording RV be? The SS Heisenberg? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I'm uncertain about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. I cannot believe he beat you to that, Jeff. I feel like Jeff was like <laughs> too easy for me. I'll let Colin have this cheap, this cheap yuck. I don't know. I was actually just basking in sincere appreciation of the name Heisenberg. SS Heisenberg. Yeah. <laughs> but if we do name it that, we'll either never be able to find it or uh, never be able to nail down its speed. So, <laughs> truth. Nice. Yeah, I'm Colin. I play Mackie. <laughs> we can't open the fridge because you have a dead cat in there right? <laughs> uh i have we're not sure <laughs> so, no no i mean a dead, dead cat them. makes an assumption i have but i sent in a couple of live cats after it to <laughs> check on it so oh dear um, oh dear well that's cool who's sitting next to you <laughs> i am i'm cullen i play anton End sentence Nice Excellent That's Uh, the kind of moral clarity that makes you the uh, chief morality officer I like it, excellent Uh, I am Kristen I am Dr. Hildegard Hypatia Cade, ship's communications officer And that's it, I don't Mm -hmm. have anything funny to say Clearly you're cut out for the role (laughs) Brevity is the soul of wit. It's also the soul of not wit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would phrase it more as it's the soul of nitwit, but, you know, that works too. I would phrase it more as brevity. (laughs) (laughs) How clever. Thank you. (laughs) The brev. And my name is Jeff. I play Grace, the ship in which everybody travels around the the sector, and Hopper, the semi-autonomous medbot. Oh, and uh, one thing that... We almost forgot is that this week we are actually going to have a transition in terms of our audio quality. So you will notice first part of the episode is going to sound like it's been sounding. Second part of the episode should sound a lot more like this intro. So if you notice some change there, uh, just chalk it up to uh, Grace finally changing the air filters and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Last week on Astronomica. 
The crew of the MS Admiral Grace flee the fast-floundering FG station with a cargo hold full of refugees and a pocket full of dreams. In the face of this crisis, we see them dig deep, hold fast, and pull together like a family as they rise to meet the fateful day's challenges head-on, and together they eke out like a C-plus average. As the crew helps their 200 refugees get situated for a space voyage, the Grace falls in with a large flotilla of other displaced spacecraft, bound for the corporate world of Glacier 4, it being the nearest safe port. As we find all the new folks to be for the most part agreeable sorts, with the exception of one Mr. Gu Lin, who appears to be your basic slimy corporal scumbag, and who almost immediately begins trying to throw his weight around. In the midst of the general chaos, Anton and Hildy experience a uh, crisis of conscience, feeling some responsibility for the destruction visited on Apogee Station, and especially the fate of those poor souls who were caught in the crossfire of the firefight between the Admiral Grace and the KCS Trailblazer, even though such ethical qualms are empirically misplaced as the persons were injured were certainly agents of shadowy antagonists and we are actually quite lucky to have destroyed them before they could enact their various nefarious designs. In fact, when one considers the destruction of human life they would no doubt have wrought it had they been allowed to, we can see that it is not only necessary but fortunate that we were able to end them when we did... When we did... Uh, what were we talking about? Uh... Anywho, as the crew attends to their duties and their, uh... Heightened emotional states, they naturally will affect on their lives and the places they've been. Did you know that Anton was a soldier? And that Hildy was a dodecatuplet? I sure didn't. <laughs> well, maybe I did. I'm so confused. No time to untangle that knot right now. State-of-the-art warship. Corvette class is on an approach, and we've struck up a conversation with them. And away we go, space Gateers. Don't forget, do yourself to make yourself. All right, so I want to go ahead and hail that ship. Okay. It takes a minute for you to get a response, but eventually you get an answer. It is a woman. She introduces herself as Yufin, or I'm sorry, Yifin, of the LS Albatross. Okay. I definitely want to sort of, in my split screen, I want to do a search for Alakshidu. It is not difficult because they are deeply proud of their pre-tech roots. They are tied to a corporation called Lockheed, and they are keeping up the uh, aerospace and defense. Interesting. Bins. The drones that were after us before were Lockheed drones, so that's, that's something true. that's interesting. They were pre-tech. That's just something to kind of keep in mind. Cool. Does she say anything? I mean, I just sent a general hail. Yeah, she says, um, we uh, stand prepared to render assistance. Excellent. This is the communications officer of the vessel, the Admiral Grace. We are a small vessel and we have taken on several refugees from the recent disaster. We would be appreciative of assistance. Would you be able perhaps to take on some refugees from our ship? Absolutely. That's why we're here. Briefly, let me send you a, uh, I'm going to send you an image. Uh, yes. We are looking for a specific person. Okay. A specific individual. Please stand by. Okay, and while I am standing by, perhaps it would be useful for us, because we are a simple transport vessel, a simple little merchant ship, to know more about why you are searching for this individual. Real quick, just touch on where everyone is in the ship. I was at the gunnery station, right? Walker was going to pull the shrapnel out of my back. Right. Right now, Hildy is in the 
kind of general mess lounge area where we currently have the communications system set up. Matt, he was in the galley too, mm-hmm. but he's probably at another table. He's doing calculations about how what all these extra people breathing and shitting is going to do to our environmental systems. Mm-hmm. It's going to be costly. Yeah, I am figuring that out. Emerald Grace. Present. How long would it take you to set up a GoFundMe for every single refugee <laughs> on, this, uh, on this boat? It would take me approximately done. <laughs> All right, good. We might just make it through this. We currently have zero subscribers to any GoFundMe for any of the refugees on the ship. Not oh. even for that corporate dude? Can you can you put some Sarah McLaughlin backing Ooh, on the page? Yeah. See if that... We have now received full funding for ten <laughs> refugees on this ship. They, they think they are puppies. It's all the, yeah, it's all the pets. <laughs> so, Ethan reestablishes contact, and mm-hmm. an image appears on your uh, screen. Okay. Of a uh, kind of a heavier middle-aged guy. Who's the Who's the actor? Famous Irish actor. He's in uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. There you yeah. go. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. Okay. He's just looking all Irish and shit. Okay. It almost looks like a, the kind of image that would be on a like an employee's lanyard. Gotcha. Give me a um, notice. How about, I'm guessing that this is to know whether I've seen this dude. Yeah. Yeah, I think notice makes sense. I'm going to go with maybe wisdom. Okay. All right. So that's a seven on the die plus two for a total of nine. You are confident that he is in the cargo hold. Okay. You believe that he was one of the people who was refusing to hand his iPad over to Gulen. Ah, interesting. Then I will... I'm going to shoot this image to the rest of the team onto their displays, and I'm going to send it with a text message. Contacted ship looking for this man. Do not know why. And then I guess I'll talk back to the ship. Yes, I have received the image. We are searching the passengers now, but I must again ask, what is the reason for looking for this individual? I want to make sure that my crew is safe and that all is above board. You send that message out, and you're not sure whether it was received, uh, but when Ethan responds, it's garbled beyond repair. Mm. She sounds like the teacher from Charlie Brown. Okay, could I do a no intelligence to see if I know why that might be? Sure. I probably don't, because I got a three on the die plus two for a total of five. And I don't think it's important enough to uh, re-roll. No. In that case, I will patch into the Admiral Grace. Uh, Admiral Grace? Present. Yes, I had opened a channel with this other vessel, and it seems now to be having some sort of distortion. I am unable to detect a reason for this. Are you aware of anything going on? It may have something to do with the ECM field we currently find ourselves within. We are in an ECM field? Are we? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you stop me. Why don't you roll me a uh, program check there, Grace? That is an 11. Definitely you uh, comms are jammed. In this region of space where you are approaching Glazer 4, you're about 30 hours out. In this region of space, there are probably 30 other ships including the uh, LS Albatross, and all of the uh, automated signals that ships send each other so you don't go like bumping into each other or whatever, uh, identification signals and stuff. Transponders. Yeah, transponders. Everything's garbage. You may be the direct target of a jam, or you might just be like in a field interference. Can we rewind time just a little bit so that I can have been healing 
Anton, while this is going on? Sure. We don't even have to rewind time, because that was great, so this is hopper. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, what I mean is, this is taking yeah, place yeah, simultaneously. Yeah. I'm really disappointed that our uh, 30 hours of downtime are going to get cut off, because I was really looking forward to listening to two episodes of Dan Carlin's Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on Rome. <laughs> One and three quarter. In the year 45. <laughs> Dan Carlin is just eternal. <laughs> Continually narr- narrating, but just the history of Rome. <laughs> Alright, so Hopper is going to extract the shrapnel from Anton. Yeah, that'd be good. I'm just kind of lying in my bunk, bleeding. Mr. Baptiste Yoshida, please hold it as still as possible so that I do not in... Oh, never mind about the further damage. That's <laughs> okay. Thanks, right. I really need to stop bleeding. That'd be cool. Uh, that is a nine to extract the shrapnel heal. Okay. And then I'm going to slap a lift patch on you. It's been about a day at this point since we left the station initially. Mm-hmm. I think I should have by now healed like at least a hit point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's your level in hit points per day under care, but it has not yet been a full day. We're only 18 hours into the 48-hour journey. Ah, gotcha. Okay, well, then yes. I, yeah, after each night of good rest. I will stick a, uh, a lift patch on you from the ship stores. That will give you one point of system strain, but you also get back two hit points. Hey, I'm uh, almost back to normal. For the folks at home, have we explained system strain yet? It's like a strain, you know, on your system. Yeah, okay, hang on. It's like how much your uh, body can handle it's a resource that goes into how much cyberware you can have. If we were using psychic rules, that involves strain. There's also a limit on how much artificial healing you can do because <laughs> it taxes your body. So when does your strain score get cleared? Colin, the rules question. Let me just go ahead and <laughs> do you bring everything you? to a screeching halt. Uh, well, so, I mean, I feel like for the folks at home. And for the folks here. <laughs> and for the folks here. Yeah. System strain is a measure of the amount of system stress, increases modification, etc., etc., decreases automatically by one point after each night of rest, provided the organism is well-fed and not compromised by sickness. System strain on, on its own doesn't do anything, but once you've hit your max system strain, which is your con, then you can't get any more artificial yield. Uh, you need to be well-fed, so after he applies the lift patch, he force-feeds you a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> a cheeseburger pizza. <laughs> cheeseburger mm. pizza. Dear God, two things that should not become one. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> perfection. Please be, remain still for the combination gastrointestinal lavage and feeding. <laughs> <laughs> what looks exactly like a super soaker, like pops out of hopper. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, it's just like a baby bird. <laughs> this is my favorite time. Yes, in fact, this is 17% baby bird. <laughs> About this time, your data pad pings, and you look down to see an image of uh, Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> uh, Hildy, why didn't you send me such a handsome man? Yes, if you will refer to the text message. I, you know I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> then click the little button on the side that it will read to you. No, I'll, I'll, I'll check out the message, and barring anything weird happening between now and then, I'll make my way to the cargo hold and poke around through the car. Yeah, Mackie, notice wisdom, that would be a nine. Does he... You've seen him. Okay, definitely seen him. You'll bump into Mackie as you arrive in the cargo hold on the same errand that you are on. Hopper, who are you up to? Hopper is going to tail after uh, Anton, also having 
not have to resort to such crude, clumsy devices as an external compad. Hildy's <laughs> <laughs> going to learn more about the jamming situation. Since Grace took her off, I want to see if I could do maybe a program check to try and learn more about that. Okay. All right, I did program intelligence. I got an 11 on the die for a 13 total. Nice. Huh. Yeah, that ought to Much do it. Much better. By the way, since all of the IFF tags and, and beacons and whatever that keep us from bumping into each other are gone, yeah. do I need to make any pilot checks or anything like that? Uh, not at the moment. Yeah, I look forward to us running into a much larger ship and all dying immediately after <laughs> we just talked about how we created these characters and what our plans are for them. <laughs> Peace behind the veil for the folks at home. <laughs> We're recording this adventure right after the thing that you listened to a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) So you believe that you are in a uh, field of interference. Okay. Your ship's systems are not, aren't victim of a direct attack. They're not being compromised by any kind of like hostile code or, or uh, presence in your system. Okay. And you said that we're about 30 hours out from Glazer 4. Like, is this a standard thing that would be known about Glazer 4? Is it because it's some big, it's a big company thing that they, like, jam everything and then you have to pay a special fee in order to have access to your shit again? It sounds like something they do. You can make an informed guess that uh, given the prevalence of uh, defense research groups here in this sector, there's probably a lot of, like, prototype and proprietary space combat weaponry and, and uh, tools at their disposal. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that it's a natural phenomenon. It's extremely unlikely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, while everybody else does their thing, I'm just going to keep poking around for as much information as I can. And then also, if I can interface with Grace to try and at least get some sort of scanning back up and running so that we don't mm-hmm. run into anything. Yeah, your scans are... Okay. I mean, the ships in this time period have any auxiliary form of communications like even super low tech ones mm-hmm. like is there an Aldis lamp mounted on the outside of the ship that mm. we can blink at the other ships with or that's a good question you know there's um, two giant arms holding semaphore flags <laughs> exactly something <laughs> oh like that is that a thing I mean maybe I mean I feel like that's something that maybe should have been established before it was necessary okay <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> legit yeah. Could we but it's flash and drive? You're not. You're in not. Um, like you're in the same like region of space with a whole bunch of traffic. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, there's no one within eyesight. You can't okay. see. Gosh. Yeah, I mean we're we're close on a galactic scale, but we're not physically close. I mean the right. the closest ship is like several Earths away. So we were previous to this, I think, at least lining up a vector to intercept the LS Albatross. Yes, and it is uh, still on approach. Okay. okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll just relay that information to the rest of the group and, and just keep in the background trying to break the jam and all that good shit. Down in the cargo hold, three of you assemble. Mm-hmm. You see your um, the guy from the image standing there. He looks uh, impatient <laughs> and uh, anxious. He's got the yeah. idle animation sequence going. Yeah. We send a uh, message to Hildy, like, what do you want us to do with this guy? We found him. I'm not sure why they were looking for him. They were either unable to answer because of the jams that we are currently experiencing, or were unwilling to answer. 
I believe the best thing to do would be to approach this gentleman and to ask him any information that we might find out. Perhaps first, uh, let's Mackie, uh, perhaps if Mackie, let's separate him from Gen Pop first. I'm gonna go tell him he's been upgraded. So Hopper walks up to him. <laughs> just like hypothesis. <laughs> like, well, well, I mean, yeah, do, do that if you want to do that. I was just gonna say, you know, we don't necessarily need to tip this guy off necessarily. So Anton's gonna go. Maybe we should just keep an eye on him, but just like act real casual. Oh, I can do that. Yes, so Anton's just gonna like light a cigarette and whistle. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking perhaps Mr. Mackey could go. If this gentleman looks to be of a certain age, perhaps Mr. Mackey could go and have um, you know, old man talk with him. Uh, are your grandchildren flattering? Is there, is there so any sort flattering. of aching joints that you have problems with? You know, that sort of thing. You know, thing. surprisingly enough, Mackey doesn't have those. Grandchildren? That is not surprising. Multiple times. <laughs> I, I have a... <laughs> I find that I have a hard time uh, relating to people of my own age. <laughs> because uh, inexplicably, I suffer none of their ailments. <laughs> uh, except for heartburn. Except for heartburn. Don't you just hate it when you wake up feeling refreshed and uh, hale in the morning? <laughs> With your joints all limber and flexible? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have to get up and just do a little soft shoe to make, <laughs> make yourself feel alive. I, uh, no, okay. But as soon as uh, Mackie says, we should separate this guy from the herd, uh, <laughs> Hopper just walks over to him, but uh, he says, uh, Excuse me, Mr. Gleason, a medbay has been made available for your medical needs. Please report for routine treatment and observation. Uh, I'm fine, thanks. Perhaps my pleasant demeanor has lulled you into a false sense of security. Oh, Perhaps you interpreted this as a request. Uh, robot, robot off. <laughs> uh, I slump over for just a minute, and then my hand reaches up and pushes a button on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> unsubscribe. <laughs> a denizen of Glazer should know above all else that unsubscribe requests are no longer honored. If you would like to subscribe to the unsubscribe package, please deposit... <laughs> 4,000 credits. Uh, he turns and walks away. Not in a uh, me saying fuck you, but in a he just, thinks you're just a dumb droid. And is <laughs> He's going to find an employee to complain to. Oh, come All in, right. Mr. Mackie's All right. already. Oh, Mackie is here for that. Ah, hello, sir. Hey, your robot's trying to give me a Band-Aid or something. Hey, yeah, he does that. Uh, what's your Our name, Our biosensors determined that you have suffered from crippling erectile dysfunction. <laughs> You'd like to remedy the situation as much as possible. That's impossible. <laughs> no, it is quite accurate. Your erectile dysfunction is crippling to a degree that has not been seen in several centuries. Perhaps it is the tiny size of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, He's saying that in increasing volume. <laughs> we have we have some very uh, aggressive healthcare protocols in place on the ship that uh, suit our needs, but some people can find oh. them a little bit off-putting. Uh, sir, what is your name so that I can log this complaint correctly? <laughs> Gareth Hannon. Gareth Hannon. All right. Uh, pleased to meet you. I'm. You can call me Mackie. I'm the captain. Sometimes. So, listen. We'd like to make up to you in any way we can the inconvenience you've suffered at the hands of our uh, very, very dedicated medical personnel. So I would like to upgrade you. Uh, how does a private cabin sound? Upgrade me from refugee? 
Well, that'll happen as a natural matter, of course. But while you are still a refugee, you'll be a refugee with your own room. And a very tiny penis. That too, that too. Not that it's any of our business. He appears uncomfortable. Give me a talk. All right. Or still should have gone with the grandchildren. <laughs> he takes him by the shoulder and kind of leads him a few steps away from Hopper. He's like, look, here's the thing about our med bot. Once he's taking an interest in you, <laughs> it's just kind of best if we separate you guys. So he's going to start humping your leg. So that is going to be a, a nine. All right. He looks a little reluctant, but um, he looks around the room one more time and... Uh, nods and moves to follow you wherever you want to be. When All he right. turns to look around the room, Hopper is standing directly behind him, <laughs> standing in the back of his head. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Hannon, uh, you must have one of those faces. You you seem familiar to me. Are you in showbiz? Uh, People tell me I look like Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that ain't it. So, uh, Mackie's leading him up the like gangway and the causeway into the more crew part of the ship. He's like, so what line of work are you in? Well, I work for Apogee Aerospace. I'm a programmer. Ah, Apogee Aerospace. I, uh... Technician, really. I haven't had a lot of uh, involvement with your company's uh, work, but I gotta say, up until the entire station fell out from underneath us, I was really enjoying my time there. Yeah, yeah, it's a... Yeah, y'all sure know how to make a space station that can survive a torpedo hit. Real good work there, guys. <laughs> Anton had some shrapnel in his back. He's still feeling a little uh, certain way about that. Don't mind him. He seems not to mind him. <laughs> that was me not minding him. <laughs> okay, so uh, well the sumptuous, lascivious uh, suite that we initially stuck Hildegard in... Is that one available at this time? I assume so. Yeah. Okay, that's where I'm leading him. Okay. And once we get there, I'm like, Mr. Hannon, I really just can't apologize enough for uh, the inconvenience that you've suffered. Is there anything further we can do to make the remainder of your stay with us any more pleasant? A little privacy, I think? We can definitely arrange that. <laughs> the whole time that we've been moving, uh, Mackie's just been kind of observing him like does he have any kind of like gear on him any kind of electronic anything that he's fiddling with or wearing any wearable tech he has his data pad mm -hmm. give me a you can either do a notice or a program i'm gonna do a notice because that's probably modified by wisdom right yeah okay yeah i'm gonna do a notice and that is going to be an eight okay his data pad is a very expensive EdgeTech 411. Okay. It's an extremely like high-end piece of machinery. You would not expect someone in his position to have it. It's more of like you would expect like a CEO of a company. It's like having the absolute brand new iPhone. If I wanted okay. to steal that from him. <laughs> I don't exactly like, like sleight of hand isn't quite a thing, but I do have sneak dexterity. Stealth is your, yeah. Cool. I'm gonna quietly to Mackie go. Yeah, I think we should uh, pull a little one-two on him. You go ahead and do your business. And that's me asking him to aid me by distracting him with a talk check. Okay. Privacy is our watchword here at the Admiral Grace Limited. Your bodily autonomy and your absolute privacy will be respected throughout the entire time that we are uh, in this 
beautiful star-speckled void between the planets. That's a 15, my dude. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, it is just as Naki said. There will be no one observing you when you least expect it. Oh, uh, you not only take his uh, data pad, you replace it with like a fucking sandwich or something. <laughs> <laughs> You put something else in his pocket. He's totally as, as soon as I see that, like Anton has uh, done the deed, Mackie puts his hand on uh, Hannon's chest and just pushes him into the room. And uh, you Can know, lock it? when the door closes, the the nameplate that says Salacious Quarters or whatever it flips, kind of flickers, and it just says Brig. So, yeah, what do you got there, Anton? Looks fancy. Hey, you know, I thought it looked fancy. That's why I took it. Uh, maybe we should get Hildegard to take a look at this thing. It's a, you know, I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about data pads, but that data pad looks way too nice for that dude. All right, sounds good to me. Mr. Hopper. Mr. Baptiste Yoshida, you have been promoted to Lance Brigadier, Ethics and Morality <laughs> Officer. Long overdue, in my opinion. Uh, Mr. Hopper. Yes, Can you please ensure that our guest enjoys complete and total privacy? I will make sure that the subject is incapable of interacting with anyone else for the rest of the trip, if that is your wish, Mackie. Yeah, but also privacy, and he waggles his eyebrows <laughs> at you. <laughs> I can guarantee that... No sound will reach his ears or be reached by... <laughs> Papa, friend... Just spy on the man, please. <laughs> just just spy on him. We're going to get to the bottom of this year, uh, fancy data, McBob. Engage, opposite day protocols. <laughs> <laughs> please hold for a moment. I need to recover the antidote to the neurotoxin, which has begun flooding the sumptuous quarters. <laughs> I don't have a lot of use for the antidote. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess, I mean, we're kind of fucking around here, but are we really going with the route of we're going to make this guy a prisoner without even, like, I mean, should we? Well, he oh. doesn't know that he's he a prisoner. He didn't notice. I mean, he got a 15 on that stealth check. Dude went in and, like, plopped down on a chair. I imagine they're all pretty exhausted. Like, And, in fact, we don't even have to imagine because now he's being spied on relentlessly. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I, okay. I, think, I think locking him to quarters isn't the worst idea. Some other corporate entities looking for this guy. Either he's safe from them, or we have him secure and he's a threat. Either way, yeah. I think it's kind of a win-win for the crew. Also, throwing this out there, he oh, doesn't know. Fuck, he's... I sound like a cop. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, just real good at role playing. He's uh, a he's a fake person in our imaginary doodad game. He's, he's a corporate. <laughs> Something, so don't feel too bad. If if he asks you if you're a fake cop, you have to you have to tell, tell him. That. Otherwise, <laughs> it's entrapment. Yeah. But so what I was going to say was, he doesn't know that he's locked in until he tries the door. And if he's happy to just be away from everyone and just kind of chill, he may not even notice for a while. And second to that, if and when he does try to leave and the door is locked. It's an old ship. We're sorry about the malfunctions. We've also, got so many people. Maybe we don't know? need to lock him in. We just need to stand Hopper in such a way that when the, dar <laughs> the door starts parting, the first <laughs> thing he sees is just Hopper's smile. And then he'll decide he he's fine in there and he just doesn't want to leave. Just depressurize that hallway. Yeah. <laughs> 
that is a, one of the regions on the ship that can sort of spontaneously become vacuum. Yeah, um, So Mackie is old, so he's going to ask the kind of question about a smartphone that an old person <laughs> asks. So, uh, could that thing be jamming our communications? <laughs> uh, no, but it does have the new 8-megapixel forward-facing selfie camera. Oh my gosh, you guys oh. should take a selfie! Let's take a selfie. Come on, come bring it in. Hop a YouTube. You know, you ever pick up a cat that doesn't want to be you know, you know, It just kind of like, like squirms. And goes, mm. That's Anton's entire reaction to someone trying to take a picture well, the with pad, of him. The data pad does pop up a uh, black screen with white dots. And there are 60 of them, <laughs> and that's all that's on the screen. Is it snake? Why don't you find out? Can I? Take I'm just gonna head. touch it. The screen. Yeah, uh, so you, you're drawing a little line between the dots. After a couple of seconds, the screen just kind of like flashes red and then turns off again. You might want to be careful with that. Yeah, I'm just gonna continue to bring it to Hildegard, who knows way more about this than I do. Oh, I wanted a selfie with you guys. <laughs> I, will, I will just hand Mackie my. Personal data pad <laughs> that does have tape over the camera because I'm worried about the space. <laughs> it's a long trip back. He's like, hey, uh, can I play with you? Data pad? <laughs> do, do you got any games? You still have King's Quest on there? Oh, hell of a game. <laughs> Please stand by for a transmission of selfie. And then uh, a photo of you from an angle that you didn't know there was a camera of in your quarters just pops up on your compact. Can it, can it, like, be printed out of Hopper's mouth? Like, <laughs> just, like, a centimeter at a time. Hopper draws you like one of his French girls. <laughs> draws and quarters you like one of his French girls. <laughs> uh, Kristen, uh, yes. or Hildy, rather, the LS Albatross mm-hmm. has drawn near enough that you can now see the glint of sunlight on its hull. So it's just kind of like a twinkle in the distance. Okay. It is very much closing the gap. Okay. Gentlemen, the LS Albatross is still on course to connect with us. I believe I have still been unable to reach them. Correct. I am still unable to hail them again and reestablish contact. Have you found the individual? Yes, we found him and we have uh, secured him in the sumptuous quarters. Ah, excellent. Did you happen to discover any information as to why they may have wanted him? No, Not but yet. we did steal his super fancy data pad. Ah, uh, which excellent. I will bring to you post haste. Fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Anton. They robbed that dude. Well done. They did rob that dude. Mm-hmm. When you can do a thing well. Yeah, you know, yeah. There, there's not much that I'm good at, but the things I'm good at, I'm pretty good at. <laughs> um, I would like to get a, or Grace would like to get a better picture of the Albatross as it's coming in. Specifically, does it look like the weapon systems are at the ready or brought to bear? In as much as that can be told, like in a like Star Trek, mm-hmm. right? They are not. Its movements are consistent with a ship joining formation. Okay. okay. Can we tell what kind of ship the Albatross is? It is a Corvette, which I can give you a little more information about. Okay. So you have a sense of that. Is it little and red? No. It the, does have a jaunty little raspberry beret perch on top yeah. of it. <laughs> oh, excellent. At a full complement, it has a crew of 40. Ah, it's a step up from the frigate class, which is what you got. You guys are on the low end of the frigate class. Okay. And, and the Corvette is on the low end. Of, or, I'm sorry, the LS Albatross is on the low end of the Corvette. Now, it has two plasma beams for weapons. Okay. Which would 
very likely make short work of you guys. Okay. And it has a level two spike drive. Okay. And the secondary thing that I had done when I was communicating with them was to try and find out, was there any more information about Lockheed? They are a defense company that, prior to the collapse, had a presence in this region. And okay. so there are actually several different factions throughout the the sector that claim descent. <clears throat> okay. They're, like, in schism with one another, you know. Do any of them, or, like, does this one, based off of the name, have any connection to the company that Jeff Cho is involved with? I'm just a little wary yeah. of ships that may or may not be connected to Jeff Cho approaching us at this point. They're like Ray's original. Or <laughs> I think, uh, Raytheon's original. I think it's the oh. Echo Corporation. Jeff Cho's Echo Corporation, right. which I think is... I mean, they're in a different industry... Than, yeah, uh, but that hasn't. I mean, we know. How but he's also work, he's also right? a, uh, there's no clear like surface connection to Jeff. Okay, so I probably if, if there was a connection, I would basically have to do a lot more than a casual. Gotcha. Okay, cool. I'll just keep that information in mind, Mister Anton. Uh yes. While you are bringing me the data pad, would you be able to tell me any identifying features on the outside case, perhaps uh, something that would tell me about the make or model? And would allow me to access specialized information. While you're talking, he shows up at your station. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm just going to hand it to you and be like, yeah, there were some dots on it. And then I poked it and then it went red. I don't ah, really know. Yes. You know, I just had a thought and I feel like yeah, I'm really disappointed that uh, that Maggie's jacket has not made a uh, show job joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, how about the show job? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like it would have been something that it would have said. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't downloaded an update for it. And I was going to say, like, uh, Anton, I don't want to alarm you, but I think it's learning. <laughs> I mean, no. If you say that in its presence, who knows what might be happening in a week or two. Oh, my God. I'm waiting for the uh, the moment when we least expect it for the jacket to go, Anton, why are you always like this? <laughs> and try to take her well, with it, it'll become yeah, sentient and strangle me with its belt tie. <laughs> I mean, I was envisioning it being a sort of, like, parrot that learns how to swear, but yeah. The jacket only knows phrases that have been said in its presence uh, within 30 minutes prior to sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anton, why are you like this? Not necessarily excluded from that. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> would you like to see my etchings? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to take a look at this data pad okay. and start trying to get into it. All right. It is a more advanced piece of equipment than the data pad that you are using. Cool. So that's going to increase the difficulty. Okay. How do you want to go about getting into it? Are you going to well, try to crack the code? Or are you going to try to like hardwire your pad to it? So my first question is, am I familiar with this sort of passcode system? Sure. What kind of passcode is like, what do I expect it to be that I have to draw a certain shape between the dots or there? It's probably like a multi-level. You probably have to draw a shape and match a thumbprint and gotcha. So based off of that information, it's unlikely that I'm going to, through normal means, open this up, and I will instead have to connect it to something else and hack it. Probably, yeah. Unless you want to Ocean's Eleven it and like 
trick him into uh, letting you borrow like... his thumb or whatever. Uh, Hoppa, we're gonna need. Be oh, no. We're gonna need to need you to uh, inception. No, uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Gentlemen, Hammond. No, I believe. Allow me to take more conventional. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the quarters, in the uh, quarters, quarters, it just starts going. <laughs> Inceptions have been outlawed for a lot of years. <laughs> uh, rules are made for breaking. So, with that knowledge, I want to try to connect it to an interface that I can use to try to hack it. Okay. I'm going to say that this uh, undertaking is going to take basically the rest of the scene. Cool. We'll, we'll just go ahead. I'm into it. That is very strange. Uh, Admiral Grace? Present. Uh, yes, I just felt my ears pop. Was there something that you did with the atmosphere? Something, it, it seems very strange, my ears popped, and then suddenly it seems as if everything I am hearing is so much clearer now. That is very astute of you to notice, Dr. Cade. I have uh, made some alterations to the operation of the ship. Previously, I had noticed some difficulty in... Your inefficient method of organic transmission of information being perceived. And so there were two courses of action I could take. Naturally, the first one that occurred to me, as it would to anyone, was to implant communication devices inside your auditory cortices. However, I am sure that you will quickly glean the stumbling block to that plan, which is that there is no more space in Mackie's head for any further implants. <laughs> and so instead, I decided to... Diminish the feed of sulfur hexafluoride and nitrous oxide, which I have been feeding into the atmospheric system. Your speech should be much more intelligible and clear from now on. Ah, well, thank you. Do you think I should alert Mr. Mackey and Mr. Anton, or will they be all right? I have found that it is best, when making life-altering decisions on behalf of the crew, to inform them as little as possible. Let well, your own conscience be your guide. I hear that that is a thing that you have. <laughs> Hildy, you are at your station, examining Gareth's EdgeTech 411 data slab. So this will be the first time that we're using actual hacking rules. So I want to know... What are the rules? Uh, one, what are the rules? And two, do I need any special equipment? Because I think we should have a lot of stuff that's just kind of in the ship, but in case there's a specific item I need to use, I want to make sure I take advantage of that. Let's find out together. Why don't we all just say the hacking rules with which we're all familiar? Mm -hmm. Yes. Are I there... just know that at the end you have to go, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a shunt. Yeah, we don't need the yeah. shunts. Okay, no shunt this time? <clears throat> no shunt. Let's see here. We're going to skim down to executing the hack. Assuming a hacker is able to make a connection, they can make an intelligence program skill check to hack the system. If they've spent at least an hour planning the specific hack, which we're going to assume you have, since you have the whole scene and you're several hours away from the planet. Yes, if I've got time, I'll take it. Uh, the skill check requires only a main action to execute the prepared code. They're performing a hack off the cuff that takes 10 minutes. If they're rushed and don't have time to either prepare a hack or spend 10 minutes dueling with security systems, they can speed it up into a single main action at an additional difficulty. The difficulty of the role depends on the kind of information or influence they want to get out of the system, adjusted by the quality of the security system and any rush on the hacker's part. Uh, on a success, they get what they want. What they want is data. The information is downloaded instantly. What they want is control over an automated system, such as a factory control computer or security system. They maintain control for 1d4 rounds plus their program skill. 
before the system detects the intrusion and locks them out. And then you can attempt to regain control. Of it. Okay. Well, looking at the common hacking actions table, mm-hmm. I'm going to suggest that since my initial attempt, at least, is just to get into this data slab. Yes. Right. I'm going to suggest subvert a system because I'm basically subverting its security protocols. Okay. And so that looks like it's a difficulty of 10. So I'm suggesting something that is a high difficulty, but I think that seems like the most likely fit. I agree. Okay. And I'm going to give a zero difficulty penalty for the type of system and, yeah, no circumstance penalties. Okay, be excellent. Excited. Because I have the hacker focus, I get to roll 3d6 and take the highest of the two dice. And then I believe this will be a programming intelligence Correct. check generally. So then I will add one for my programming and one for my intelligence. So add two to my total dice roll. Darn it! Well, it's not the greatest. Actually, I think I just made it because on the die, I ended up with my higher two being a five and a three. Total of eight plus two. So I hit exactly ten. You access the datapad. Excellent. So when I access it, what do I get? Do I have like complete access to the whole thing? Are there more things that are behind different like firewalls? and? You have basically, if you've ever been on a computer and you know how there's this section that's for like each individual user? Yes. You have access to the vault. Okay. So basically I've gotten in there to make it work. So what I want to do is poke around in that and see if I can find anything that looks like it has anything to do with Lakshi Day, since they were the ones who were asking for this guy. Okay. That's the first thing I want to look for, since I think I have to have like a specific question. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is this still a hacking check, or am I in programming checks now? Uh, you're in programming. Okay. Okay. So I got a total of six, seven, eight, ten again. Very good. The datapad has files, including what look to be several Apogee prototypes and system logs that include the period of time under which the attack happened. Okay, so am I correct in guessing that this is this guy was basically keeping track of, of what happened, sort of like a, I don't know, like a testing, like here's how it responded to this stimuli kind of thing? It could be. Or he was part of uh, Directorate S. Stealing data files for a, a rival corp. Yeah, I think Apogee Station... Apogee is a particular corporation. Yes. Yes, okay. Apogee Aerospace. Which actually, I think that's something we had thought, that he might be a corporate spy. Okay, cool. So the next thing that I'd like to look for is I would like to look for personal identifying information about the person using the slap. Yeah, he, you are Gareth Hammond. Yeah, you're in Gareth Hammond. Okay. Or at least that's who he says he is. Right. All of the... Uh, Biosignatures and various like security elements indicate an, an individual named Gareth Hannon okay. with a relevant identification code and stuff. Okay, so in that case, what I would like to look for is any kind of personal file. I know this is probably maybe like a work computer, but what I'm banking on is is at some point, instead of switching over to his personal data slab, he just got lazy and like left his favorite porn on here or something. But I'm looking for <laughs> something personal that would give us more information on him and also might give us 
leverage or you know something to sink our teeth into if we need it. Okay. Nolan Ryan P Junior Upskirts dot MP4. Okay. Uh, seven on the die for a total of nine. Okay. The notable thing that you discover is that he seems to have absolutely no personal information of any kind on here. Seems not to have so much as opened a web browser. Has no contacts in the in uh, the phone list. No received calls or outgoing calls. No no games. No MP3s. Nothing. A weird really? void of any personalization yeah. of this device. Seems to be more or less completely unused. Interesting. Admiral Grace. Except for Nolan Ryan P. Gotcha. <laughs> that just comes preloaded on the device. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I feel that's like that's the, just like the YouTube everywhere. album. And it's the future now. You think they'd at least be on like MP8. <laughs> <laughs> I always said, you know, the Oscars are bullshit because they were legit at all that shower fuck that MPEG was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Best direction for sure. Yeah. Admiral Gracie? Present. Yes. I am working on. This individual's data slab, and what I have found is uh, quite alarming. He does not seem to have any personal information on this, which is highly unusual. I myself am capable of that, but not very many are. I was wondering if you might be able to perhaps take a screenshot, uh, if you will, some sort of photograph of his image, and see if you could run a search on who he might be. I, I do not believe, based on other information I have found, that he is who he has told us he is. You wish me to lobotomize and neurologically extract a snapshot of his current mental processes. Well, <laughs> that's not the worst idea that I have ever heard. Uh, question, would you be able to do this in a way that it would not cause him permanent damage? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How much damage are we talking? Is it a small amount? A minimal and unnoticeable amount. He would require assistance in... In dressing himself and eating food. Ah, well, unfortunately, I think your minimal and my minimal are slightly different, although I do appreciate the suggestion. No, what I am suggesting we do is uh, if you could just take his picture, just a a visual image of him, and uh, run that on any logs that we might have um, that we received from the system when we arrived to see if there is any sort of identification that you might find. That is an excellent suggestion. I, of course, have many photographs of him, as I am photographing all of you who are on my ship at all times from multiple angles. Ah, yes, well, I suppose I should expect nothing less. So, yeah, actually, I will uh, submit his image to the intrasystem Yahoo singles groups. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, he's definitely on there. Yeah, you. you I mean, he's the one guy that didn't delete Nolan Ryan P. Jr. Upskirt. Thank you for. So he's got to have some sort of specific thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you pick up from like the public internet of the system a normal amount of hits for the name Gareth Hannon. I mean, he seems to have a presence on social media. Seems to be an employee of Apogee Aerospace. Nothing really jumps out at you. Give me a program intelligence. That is a nine. Okay. Nice. He has a gambling problem. Whoa. Seems to uh, have several different bank accounts. Moves a lot of money between them. Can I detect any pattern from the movements of money? Like, does it seem like your typical gambler, like, trying to cover the next bet, the last bet with the next bet? Or does it look like, you know, something more sophisticated is going on? He gets large deposits about twice a month, Mm -hmm. which he fritters away. At various tables. 
Does he have a regular pattern of tables that he goes to? Well, not anymore, because they were all on Apogee Station. <laughs> right, but I guess what I'm kind of getting at there is that that would be a great way to launder money. Right. Is basically, you give someone money, they go and lose it all, mm -hmm. but they lose it where you want them to <clears throat> lose it. That is a possibility. He would also just have a favorite game. Gotcha. Uh, he loses it at... I'm trying to think of a way to futurize craps uh, at future dice. <laughs> I mean, I feel, like, future dice. I feel like craps dice. is eternal. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I feel like craps is eternal. Yeah, I feel like, you know, craps. Anton, like, plays craps, you know? Yeah. Mm, I'm a roulette man. <laughs> <laughs> That's factual. That has nothing to do with my character. Craps is an enigma. Roulette, I do okay. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing about craps is that several different widely spaced games evolved into craps independently. Really? Really? Yeah. But absolutely. That's fascinating. Cra oh, crabs, crabs, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Oh. I, did, I had a feeling Jeff would be the one to get it. That's good. <laughs> I like to play Everettian craps, which is I just shunt myself onto whichever timeline I win. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, I, I haven't played craps in a while, but I have been uh, playing a lot of poop. Yeah, oh, just shit. splashing around in my own <laughs> it's, a, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit simpler. It's always a lot of fun. So here's what I love. I love that we can go from an evolutionary convergence joke to a uh, physics-like uh, reality interpretation joke mm. to just a poop joke. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not a, even just a that's poop versatility. joke. The word poop. It's, it's, <laughs> the word poop is also funny. <laughs> that's the level of sophistication that I bring. I, it's well, called range, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That was a sincere and heartfelt appreciation, and not in any way, shape, or form, knocking the hilarity of the yeah. word poop. Everyone brings something to the team, okay? A proximity alert calls your attention. No. To, thank God. <laughs> to the nearest the Are we in danger? God, I hope so. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I would say that Hildy is so deep in this thing that her reaction to it is basically like, uh, excuse me, um, Mr. Anton, Mr. Mackey, would you please shut that off? I am trying to work here. Uh, we would, but there's a ship that is apparently a little too close to us, so... While normally I would laud the uh, impulse to shut off warning systems <laughs> and alerts, the proximity alert tends to be critically important in a way that most others do not. You know, it, it does seem pertinent to our current situation. Ah, well, do you think the proximity might improve our chances of again trying to contact them? I suppose I could try that. I mean, yeah, if, if it would make life easier. I can just, like, mute their channel or something. I don't know. So what, what is uh, triggering that proximity alert? Uh, there is an individual one. person in a uh, Lakshade vac suit crossing the void with a personal propellant device. They are about six kilometers away in closing. What's the over-under I could hit him with the laser? <laughs> the LS Albatross is maintaining course at 34 kilometers. So, we still cannot communicate with the Albatross by conventional means. Correct. But <clears throat> Anton could go out and it could, like, suit up and go out and try and... I was sort of assuming that they were going to go to our airlock and then come aboard and talk. Sure, but do we really want them on the ship? Maybe you could, like, get out there and, like, charades it up. Sure. I'm going to bring... That would make compelling podcasting. I'm going to bring uh, a... <laughs> I'm going to bring a, a, a weapon that functions in vacuum, certainly. But oh, that's I, a good I'll, idea. I'll go meet him. I'm going to go to the ship's locker and grab a laser rifle and a suit ripper, if those things are available. 
And okay. then I'm going to... Anton, why are you trying to get weapons out of the ship's locker? They are in the armory. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just assume that there are weapons everywhere I go on, and sometimes I open the wrong door, and uh, I find a gun sometimes. You know? <laughs> that is, in fact, an excellent assumption. <laughs> uh, Mr. Anton, yeah. are you quite ready to... Uh be up and about? I remember you were having some sort of surgery earlier. It's, it's like gray surgery, so most of the time I'm back on my feet immediately and sometimes I oh, I've had worse. You know, it's, it's la vie. Has Grace done any lobotomies on you? Probably. Not recently. <laughs> <laughs> not recently. This is the reception husk for hands-on <laughs> surgeries and not the donor husk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna... Pop out in the space, I suppose. Yeah. Hey, uh, Anton. Yeah, what's up? I think this is an ask questions first, then shoot situation. I mean, they usually don't shoot first unless Grace tells me to. All right. And then usually I take that with a grain of salt, so. Uh, yeah, that's a wise policy. Remember how we discussed earlier that I was sort of the moral compass of this? I'm, I don't. I don't shoot. Morality officer. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that's a totally different thing. I am inclined to agree with that, <laughs> but I'm like also... Not entirely sure that we really need that. We've been getting along just fine without a moral center or a sense of purpose, so... Uh, a point of order, Mr. Mackey. You did see the individuals to see terrifying wounds from possibly our sand gun earlier, yes? Oh, yeah. I mean, their skin was abraded off. Yeah, yeah, now that you mention it. Mr. Baptiste Yoshida, as you were. So this is a Lockheed, a Lockshi day that's coming over here? That's correct. So, all right, this might sound kind of simplistic, but what if we ask Mr. Hannon if he wants to talk to them? Maybe it would behoove us to figure out a little bit more about what's going on before we just turn this fellow over to him. Well, uh, I'm saying we ask him. Perhaps. Hypothetically. Uh, you ask him, and I'll ask the... You know, person in the void. All right. Uh, yes, I agree with Mr. Anton. Perhaps we could do both. Perhaps we could place him on the hull in front of the sand cannon. He would be well acquainted with its effects. Uh, yes. Um, That's actually not a terrible idea. It, when I do my spacewalk, I'm going to be standing in front of the weapon system. Carefully. Oh, like with your body interposed between Yeah, the that way, system. like, we'll have, like, a high sign, and I'll just, like, hop Oh, okay. I mean, I know okay. you want to play a different character, but, like, there are other <laughs> No, I'm, I'm not being particularly suicidal at the moment. That may happen later, but... You're relying on Grace's better impulses. I just did, like, a lot of character development in the last episode. I'm yeah. not, not going to just, like, get turned into dust or yeah. pink vac void mist. Pink mist. Yeah. If I can yeah. help it, I mean, I who knows my, what may Anton, happen. Anton, do uh, you have a bottle of anything in the galley you wouldn't miss if a little of it went away? I mean, we usually share. I don't like to drink alone. Sure, but is there anything... Uh, yellow mustard? The <laughs> <laughs> Dijon is important. I've got a marinade that I was going to work on for tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like share and share like in the pantry. There is a stack... Except for the corn dogs. <laughs> All right. Um, there is a stack of index cards in the top right counter drawer with Jesuitical paradoxes, which I find particularly delectable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Truly top shelf. Mackie kind of like top scampers draw. in the direction of the uh, of the galley, and he starts rooting around in the closet till he finds a bottle of brown liquor of some description, and mm -hmm. he grabs a couple of glasses, and he goes to uh, 
the the sumptuous quarters of mm-hmm. Mr. Gareth Hannon. And he bangs on the door and goes, Cocktail hour! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> Open up! <laughs> Grace opens the that's door. The, yeah, that's the voice override command for every door on the show. <laughs> Cocktail hour or open up? Yeah. Either or both. Yeah, it's together. <laughs> he just walks into his room is like, all right, it's cocktail hour. You're going to have a drink and you're going to like it. And he, <laughs> he, uh, he sits up on his little bunk. Mackie slops messily some of the liquor into a tumbler and uh, hands it over to him and pours ones for himself. To Apogee Aerospace and the many wonderful things that they bring into our shared uh, material life. Overcomes as I'm exiting the airlock, I'm going to suggest, Hey, Mackie, maybe see if you could talk him into a dice game for information. Sure, sure, he's absolutely. Got, he's got a problem. True. Good he, idea. He Mackie doesn't say, yes, I can do that, but he, uh, I, I don't know, he sub-vocalizes or something. Here you go. Uh, <clears throat> Conformed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wondering, does he drink? Uh, yes, he accepts the drink. Okay, cool. Um, Not an android. That was one theory I had. <laughs> uh, or at least a, a more sophisticated glasses. one than Hopper. You know. Clinks glasses and says, uh, to, to Apogee Aerospace. Actually, so- Hopper loves a drink. He has a drinking problem. Have you ever seen Cookie Monster eating cookies? No, 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 no. Some platters everywhere. Uh, so uh, you're a loyal servant of the, uh, the great concern. Of Apogee Aerospace, you're, uh... I suppose so, yes. I'm hap- an employee. Yeah, happily so. Do you like your work? I do. Yeah. What's your favorite pot? Quitting time, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that, clink. Cocktail hour. <laughs> yes, same here. You're an employee of, uh, uh Admiral Grace LLC? Uh, we're a little... Our legal status is a little hazy at the moment. I'm not sure, like, which letters follow our name, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In point of fact, he owns me. Yeah, I I think that I owned him in some way, shape, or form. I'm hazy on the details. But, so, listen, I hate to uh, bring us down from the lofty stratosphere of philosophical ideas that we've been bantering back and forth with to uh, mere material concerns. But, uh, Mr. Hannon, I've only known you a short time, but I feel like you're my good buddy, and so... I'm just going to be straight with you. Let's say representatives of uh, Lakshide wanted to have a word with you urgently before we get to Glazier 4 in the confines of this ship. Would that be a thing you were happy about? Give me a talk check. If that's talk charisma, then that is a... Oh, shit. That's an 11. He says, um, not only would I be happy with it, I expect it's already underway. Right. You, are you communicating with uh, Lakshide now? They asked us about you, and then comms throughout this whole sector of space that we're currently flying through blipped out. Now someone's doing a spacewalk from their uh, Corvette over here. Well, comms being uh, blocked out sounds like Apogee Aerospace involvement. All right. Uh, the Apogee Reverence is a uh, ship in the system that... Uh, has that capacity, I would expect it's probably nearby. If the Lakshide ship is also nearby, they're probably aware of each other. And I imagine there's something to show down. All right, so look, you're my passenger. I feel a certain responsibility. What could we do? And uh, what might you do for us out of gratitude for uh, bringing about the outcome that you find most desirable? Well, I could put in a good word with 
Lakshi Day. I have a sort of working relationship with them. I'm a valuable asset, I'm sure. They would really be in a position to reward you in ways I couldn't. Good enough for now. Good enough. I have a very important question. Uh, Go ahead, Admiral. If we facilitate your communication with Lakshi Day, will that piss off that Gulin asshole? (laughs) (laughs) Working towards my goals every day. (laughs) (laughs) Gulin is... uh, He's going to be hard not to piss off if you're interacting with uh, Lakshi Day. He's a professionally difficult individual. The, yeah, uh, we the, noticed that, actually. Upon hearing that this would piss off Gulen, Grace, seeing Anton finishing the last latches on suiting up on his EVA suit, opens the airlock where he's at nearest the Lakshi Day spacewalker. Comms are down, so I can't communicate with y'all. Either. So long as you're, like, actually within the hull, our comms are working, but as soon as you go out into space, you're cut Mm -hmm. off. Yeah. The visitor makes a clumsy landing outside engineering and tumbles violently over the hull before a magnetic grapnel finally activates, latching him to the ship with a 20-meter tether. He cracks a couple of chemical flares and tosses them overhead. The sensors go berserk. And, Anton, you are standing at the airlock. Uh, you can see kind of the red glow of these flares as they go spiraling off into the void. And they're um, still on the tether, like, 20 meters out? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to make my way to the base of the tether <clears throat> where it attaches to the ship and okay. uh, reel them in. Okay. Uh, Anton emerges onto the hull, goes over to the tether, and pulls the individual down onto the hull. He, like, clicks on his magnet boots, latches on. I'm going to gesture at him and then, like, tap on my helmet and lean in. He does the same. Okay, so we're we're helmet helmet. helmet. Hey, so normally we wouldn't do all this, but, you know, with the station exploding and, you know, we got a ship full of refugees, comms are jammed, presumably. Uh, I feel like in an abundance of caution before we let you aboard the ship, I figured we should have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, Lob Gruber. I'm a representative for uh, Lakshi Day, and I'm here to make sure our employees make it home safe. I mean, that sounds reasonable. I mean, I would assume seeing as you just, you know, did a space jump over like 34 meters. Impressive, by the way. You you. know, but... uh, Takes a lot of training. And uh, one of these, and he slaps his, uh, this little, it's been painted white, but it looks almost like a toy broom. (laughs) 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 Personal propellant device. You can see that uh, it's been painted over like an old logo that says something like Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Firebolt 2000. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty sweet little doodad you got there. You know, uh, in the interest of our... It's called a personal propellant device. <laughs> <laughs> Let's come see. So, uh, do you have any sort of assurance or credentials you could... Hey, believe me, it's not personal. It's just things are have been exploding an awful lot around here. Yeah, I understand. Uh... I guess my only credentials are the, the nuts it takes to jump 34 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I respect the gall. I got the suit. He points at the Lakshi Day uh, logo. Not that I'm going to do this, but say I kill you, I could have the suit. That doesn't... Well, fair know. enough. All right. How's about this? I got identification on my personal data pad, but of course that's in my suit with me. That makes sense. Here's the deal. We want these refugees off the grace... As soon and as safely as possible. It seems like you're here to facilitate that. That's right. I uh, don't see that I have much choice other than to take you at your word. However, I would ask, if you will, any sort of 
weaponry or potentially harmful devices, I would just ask that you would leave them in the airlock on the way into the ship. Yeah. I just have this uh, mag pistol, and he kind of turns it over in his hand and offers it to you. That was just in case, you know, I ran into any, like, space worms or something on the way here. <laughs> space worms or space whales? Well, this wouldn't take on a space whale. Nice. If I met a space whale, I'd be fucked. <laughs> I, those guys are assholes. <laughs> I've, uh, in my experience, yeah, I'm, I'm not too pleased to ever meet a space Look, whale. Yeah, people just become strangely obsessed with them. <laughs> they're just nice guys, okay? <laughs> they yeah. somehow finish last. <laughs> oh! I'm going to make a leap, and I'm assuming you're here for Gareth. I see you guys have been doing your own investigation. You know, he's not as subtle as he might think he I'm is. I'm here to coordinate with your captain for the retrieval of 17 Lakshi Day employees among your refugees, as well as any um, deserters who uh, hope to uh, seek asylum from Apogee. Yeah, get them off our boat. Let's do it. Excellent. After you. Yeah. I'm going to take his pistol and move towards the airlock. All right. I kind of expected more conflict out of that. I mean, we might just be a Everyone's little shy. Everyone's just been so nice. Right? <laughs> like, we might just be a little shy from our recent experiences, but, like, you know, maybe we aren't important enough for everyone to actually be trying to dick us over. Well, and also, Not- their interests are served by being relatively straightforward. Yeah. That's as fair. far as we can tell. Or, yeah, when they get on the that's ship, con. that's the problem. Yeah, as soon as you open the door, he's like, give me the fucking ship, <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers. And we're like, okay. Give me the keys, you fucking cocksucker. Like, okay. Oh, oh, God damn it, it's three oh. space whales in a vac suit. <laughs> Dude, I just can thought we of just a agree, thing. if I anybody just... ever tries to do that, we just take them to the sadness room and tell them that's the bridge? <laughs> I just The airlock seems to pop open just as you approach. <laughs> Convenient. Yeah. I didn't even say anything. Yeah. I didn't do my secret knock. It was kind of <laughs> strange. You didn't have to play 40 questions with Gracie being like, who is it? <laughs> oh my God. Are you sure? <laughs> do you want air? <laughs> <laughs> Are you feeling dizzy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Come on in. <laughs> oh, shit. Your impression of Grace is flawless. <laughs> <laughs> that's how she that's the voice she does when she's playing that game. <laughs> so you enter the airlock and you can see through the porthole like the the inner airlock door. Uh Gulin is standing by watching you board the ship again. Hopper is standing down the corridor from Gulin like watching Gulin. <laughs> All right. And Mackie is watching Hopper from <laughs> the door of uh <laughs> Gareth Hans. With, a, with a, the big tumbler whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, Hopper. <laughs> oh, Hopper. Hopper really wants to kill that guy. <laughs> Look, hey, More hey. so than most, even. Gareth, come, As, here. come here. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. As I'm, like, taking off my spacewalk harness, mm-hmm. and Gulen's just sort of close, giving me the, the eye... Yeah, I'd like to drop the heavy backpack on his toe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me a uh, call it an exert. Dex uh, strength. Dex makes uh, sense since it's like an Dex? accuracy thing. Sure, but I could technically say that it would be a ranged combat roll. <laughs> That's fine. However you want to call it. In that case, shoot would be the pertinent attack roll. That's fine. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to use my bab. Shoot him with your backpack. Shoot and dexterity. <laughs> cool. It's a total of plus four. 
combat backpack. Uh, for an 18. Nice. <laughs> Good job, Chip. That might be the best. He uh, he has one hit point, so he's dead. Oh, my God. You know what? As a person who almost died from stubbing their toe, I mean, sucks to be you, It's a fair cop. He takes, a, he takes an entrenching tool through the shin. <laughs> Gulen's looking through the window and he's like, excellent. Yes. Hey, wasn't your goal to like get revenge on him? No, my goal was to make him cry. cry. It's it's very specific. (laughs) The backpack lands on his foot and he goes, oh! And a single tear rolls down his (laughs) cheek. He he, like straightens himself out, but you definitely, you you got your goal. (laughs) I'm going to make a big like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you there. You know, it's just, you're in the space that you have no reason to be in, and you're, you know, all in the way. <laughs> I don't understand why you would have to be here right now. I'm so sorry that I dropped this on your foot. I don't understand why a uh, Lakshide employee is on board. Uh, well, that is Lakshide business, and frankly, none of yours. Question, now that y'all are in the ship, am I general comms, I can hear everything again? Yeah. Yes. I would, yeah. Okay, yes. as he, right after he's asking that stupid question and you end up answering him i'm going to come over general comms and say excuse me this is a page for mr gulin if you could please report to the mess mr gulin we have a very important message for you from apogee corporation mr gulin all right well this isn't over he says as he goes stomping off toward the mess communications is like in the mess area so when he does come my way what I want to do is, in a somewhat uncharacteristic move from a very intellectual character, uh, Hildy's going to beckon him over to the comm station and try to distract him with something on the screen and then, like, knock him out. Oh, shit. All oh, right. nice. She's trying to do <clears throat> non-lethal damage, but she's mm-hmm. basically just like, we've got too much going on, like, from a logical perspective. This guy is a complication who is unnecessary, and so she's just going to attempt to remove the complication. All right. You can make a case for whatever role you want to make. I'm going to suggest punch and strength. Okay. Sure. Let's go with punch and strength. I assume he does come over. I don't need to do any kind of convincing him. Yeah. And we're going to call this a skill check instead of an attack. Okay. Cool. So you'll actually roll it as a standard. Okay. Awesome. So I, I am not trained in punch and I don't have any additions in strength, which means overall, I believe I will have a negative one to the roll. And let's say the DC is to knock him unconscious. I'm going to say a seven. Six is like easy to do. Well, I got an 11 minus one. <laughs> oh, nice. You uh, clock him over the head. Okay. And he turns around and says, how dare you? And then comically tips directly forward and just planks. <laughs> and then in a tight beam communication that is only to my fellow crew members, I will say, Admiral Grace, if the Hopper unit is still active, I request his assistance. When you turn around, you see that Hopper is actually standing right behind you. And ah! right behind him is uh, Mackie and Hannon, <laughs> both with tumblers of whiskey. And he says, this is just the kind of service that any Lakshi Day employee can expect if he purchases our platinum package. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Mr. Hopper, I have taken care of this gentleman who has been, of course, interfering with our activities. If you could please remove him and take care of him, thank you. Dr. Cade, I hear your command. I will remove and take care of this body. <laughs> Shit! 
But also... And his buzzsaw <laughs> goes... <laughs> it's not as much fun when they are not conscious, but I will make do. <laughs> Heck, they're in a tight spot, I think. I don't know. We don't record these outros in any logical manner. Nonetheless, I would like to thank you for listening. I'm Colin, the voice of Mackie. And yeah, please look for us on all of the various online places where one looks for this kind of thing. Basically, go to astronomicapodcast.com and you'll find all the links to all of our socials, r slash astronomicapodcast on Reddit, and uh, rate and review. It's a big help. We know you know, but we just like to remind you. And while I've got you here, we'd like to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Joel Hines, a friend of the podcast who's got an exciting project coming up. He is making a uh, space western sandbox set on a tiny moon for the mothership RPG. And it looks really fucking dope. So we would encourage you to check it out and contribute to his Kickstarter. It's called Desert Moon of Karth with a K. And yeah, just go to Kickstarter and look that up and, you know, shoot the man some cash and make some uh, RPG magic happen. Again, thanks for listening, and yeah, you guys have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>